0: creator, Claudine Francois, and the founder of In Good Clean Taste. I am dedicated to helping women entrepreneurs design a healthy lifestyle by incorporating healthy, delicious tools, tips, and resources that empower their inner and outer game. Every episode, my featured guest and I share our healthy, delicious lifestyle journey on my globally recognized show, Healthy Delicious Lifestyle with Claudine. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for being here on Healthy Delicious Lifestyle with Claudine. I am content creator and functional medicine practitioner, Claudine Francois. And if your health is suffering and you've run all the tests only to be told everything's normal, I would like to be of service. Women are getting incredible insights out of the complimentary sessions I'm offering for a limited time to decode those lab results and show show you what you can do to take action. So get the link in the scroll or I will put the comments below. Now let's get to today's show. Today's show is how to calm your mind with food with nutritional psychiatrist and chef, Dr. Uma Naidu. I am so excited to bring up today's guest. I have been following her for a while and she is absolutely incredible. I'm going to bring her up from the green room in just a moment, but let me tell you a little bit about her first. Michelin-starred chef David Bouley described Dr. Uma Naidu as the world's first triple threat in the food and medicine space. She is a Harvard-trained psychiatrist, a professional chef graduating with her culinary school's most coveted award, and a trained nutrition specialist. Have you ever heard those three things together? I'm guessing you have not. Her nexus of interests have found their niche in nutritional psychiatry. Dr. Naidu founded and directs the very first hospital-based nutritional psychiatry service in the United States, y'all. She is the Director of Nutritional and Lifestyle Psychiatry at Massachusetts General Hospital and Director of Nutritional Psychiatry at MGH Academy while serving on the faculty at Harvard Medical School. She was considered Harvard's mood food expert and has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Dr. Naidu is also the national best-selling author of This Is Your Brain on Food, which is one of my favorite books. And in this book, she shows the cutting-edge science explaining the ways in which food contributes to our mental health and how a diet can help treat and prevent a wide range of psychological and cognitive health issues, from ADHD to anxiety, depression. OCD, and so many more. Dr. Naidu, I am going to bring you up so you can show all these amazing people or help these people understand all this amazing information that you have. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Cody. It's really lovely to be here.
0: Oh my goodness. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here. And I'm going to start, I know we have so many great things to cover, so I always want to get right to it. And I'm going to start with the first question I ask all of my guests, which is, What does a healthy, delicious lifestyle mean to you?
1: So, Claudine, you know, a healthy, delicious lifestyle to me means really prioritizing your overall health and wellness by adding in foods and nutrients into your diet that support your mental and your physical health. You see, I feel people tend to focus on their physical health, not realizing that food impacts their mental health. So that integration is so important.
0: Oh, I absolutely love that. And I'm wondering if I could just ask you a question about that, because in working with clients myself, I find that oftentimes we don't prioritize our wellness. Do you often see in your patients they come to you and they have a cascade of issues and do you have to spend time helping them understand how important it is to prioritize their wealth from the inside out?
1: I think that's a great point. Many people assume that self-care is selfish. Um, So I think helping people understand that taking care of themselves is actually so vital to their physical and mental health. So I think it's, I see this a lot. I I see it in my practice every day.
0: Mm, So good. And I have to say that the information in your first book, This Is Your Brain on Food, it meant absolutely so much to me, not only because of the family the family history that I have with some of these mental illnesses, because the the tagline of this book is an mm-hmm. indispensable guide to the surprising foods that fight. And it lists depression, okay. PTSD, ADHD, anxiety, OCD, and the ones that meant the most to me, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. ADD. I mean, there's so yeah. much goodness here. You've brought so much into the world. I don't even know how long it took you to write this book because <laughs> you have jam packed it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it is, it is, it is definitely um, meant to be a guide. And thank you for that positive feedback. It really means a lot to me. But that's it exactly, Claudine. It's meant to be, you know, even an entire family can use the book. It could be a friend, a family member, someone at the office that is suffering with something. Um, but it really comes together and helps break down the science behind this very important newer area in psychiatry. You know, there's a lot of evidence behind what we're doing now. And I think it's about people being able to be open to trying these changes using food as one of the many tools they took in.
0: And that I think is what is so groundbreaking about your work is you have the medical knowledge. You understand how each of these diseases is working in the brain, yes. how it's affecting yes. different parts of the body. And I love how you bring up the gut-brain connection. That is like, I get chills when I talk about it because <laughs> I just get so excited. <laughs> so let's get Some to one of your first- Yes. So let's get to one of your first tips, which is incorporate anxiety busting foods into your diet. And we might need to start with why is anxiety happening so much more now? I don't know how much time you want to spend there, but,
1: you know, this could this 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 in itself could take an hour. But but here's here's where I think we're at before COVID, many people don't realize or didn't know that anxiety was always the most common mental health condition in the United States. Mm. Um, And that has continued and, in fact, increased after COVID. And what I was seeing throughout COVID in my practice was just anxiety even in people who hadn't suffered with this disorder before, um, who hadn't been that worried, hadn't felt stress in this way. So it really, for me, made sense to address it now felt like the most important time to do it. And so just starting to incorporate simple things like high fiber foods. These foods break down more slowly in your body. They stabilize your blood sugar. They don't cause these glucose or, you know, these spikes. Even simple tips like that and adding, say, fermented foods to your diet, a great tip because that in itself, these foods have been shown in research to fend off inflammation in the gut. These are just a couple of things to even start with to see what you can do to help really calm your mind with food.
0: Mm, I love that. Can we talk about ashwagandha? Because that's one of my favorites.
1: Yes, yes. So, you know, Ashwagandha is, an, and is really something that's been used in Ayurvedic medicine for, for centuries. But what I uncovered and found was that it is something that people can use if they're looking for natural ways to feel less anxious. It tends to be bitter. So usually it is in the form of a supplement, but there are different formulations on the market that people can try. And I think we need to be able to lean into more solutions beyond just the the, the pharmacy that is usually based out of a prescription pad. I think that that's why I want to be able to expand options for people so they can try more things to feel less anxious, but also improve their mood.
0: I love that. And I find with the clients that I work with, I work primarily with women in their 40s and beyond. The ashwagandha is really helpful for them when they're in their luteal phase, when they're least able to handle a lot of stress. So they'll have it in a tea or they'll have it in a protein shake or something just to help them just kind sort of pre- prepare their or how do you say it's kind of like Gatorade for your stress response. which <laughs> just kind of helps you get through things a little bit better.
1: <laughs> right, right. I, I I, totally get that. You know, it's just, just how do we find the best, uh, the best solutions to help ourselves.
0: I love that. And I want to bring up your book, your new one that is coming out this week. I cannot wait to get my hands Thank on it. You. Calm your mind with food. I'm so excited to, see, to read this and um, check out all the goodness. But the tips you're giving today are like a little teaser. So if anyone <laughs> who was interested in what we're talking about today, there's going to be so much more in this book. And one of those next tips is enlist the power of the vagus nerve, nutrition and lifestyle to help anxiety. What's the vagus nerve? How can Mm -hmm. those things help our, help our anxiety?
1: So, you know, it's really interesting because the vagus nerve actually connects the gut and brain anatomically. So we've, we've touched on the fact that the gut and brain are connected Um, But they actually originate from the exact same cells in the human embryo. They then divide apart to form these two separate organs. Um, Once they form these two organs, they remain anatomically connected by a nerve called the wandering nerve, which is the uh, vagus nerve. And we know that, you know, in our bodies and related to nutritional psychiatry, that the vagus nerve allows for two way text messaging between the brain and gut and gut and brain. And these are usually chemical messages. So often, the uh, neurotransmitters are communicating between these two organs. There are also ways to actually activate our vagus nerve to help calm our minds. Taking a cold shower, you know, gargling, um, gargling with water, um, you know, laughing even when something doesn't feel funny. Chewing your food more thoroughly, just little things that we wouldn't really associate with this specific nerve, but ways that we've learned through research that can actually be helpful uh, to 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 calming ourselves and to utilizing things like the power of the vagus nerve. Mm, so good.
0: And then nutrition and lifestyle, we've been talking a lot about some of the nutritional aspects. We talked about ashwagandha. We've talked about some of the other nutrients, fiber, probiotics. Mm-hmm. Are there specific lifestyle... Um, tips or tools that people can use to help with anxiety when they're feeling anxious?
1: So I like people in the times when they're not feeling anxious to at least learn a breath breath work technique. It can be a breathing exercise. You might be able to find something on box breathing on YouTube, but learn it when you, when you have some downtime, when you, when you kind of, you know, not necessarily in the midst of feeling that anxious because learning that type of thing can help you when you have those anxiety attacks. So learning a breathwork exercise, having an exercise on activity that you enjoy, kind that kind of almost gets you active and gets those endorphins racing and and rushing into your body, making you feel better, because many people will report if they get on the treadmill and almost get super active, it can can really offset that anxiety and make them feel better. And I always like to suggest that people spend time outdoors. So 10 minutes in outdoor time in daylight before you apply sunscreen or sunblock um, really helps the vitamin D in your body. You get about 80% of your vitamin D that way. And we know that that anxiety can be helped by our vitamin D levels. So this is just these are just things that we can be doing in our everyday. We want to be exercising anyway. We want to spend some time in in fresh air and outdoors. You know, we we want to we want to have a breathwork exercise. We're using so it's really about taking those lifestyle tips and making them part of our routine as we try to calm our mind over time.
0: Oh, that's such a good reminder because I think about you know, when I go on my morning walks, it's kind of a yeah. triple threat, right? right? It's the, you're hitting the sunlight. Well, cause I live in California, so it's <laughs> pretty much always sunny. So you're here, you're hitting the sunlight, you're getting the exercise, you're getting out in nature. And also when you are doing physical activity, it forces you to breathe better, right? It's forcing you to have those long, deep breaths in and out. Which I should do it now it since really
1: so much <laughs> it. it really does it's 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 true when we start to make the connection, we know our body feels differently.
0: I love that now this is one I think the audience is really going to appreciate. It says that your tip is many women who may not have had anxiety earlier in life yes. do experience anxiety at perimenopause and beyond, mm-hmm. and we should probably mm-hmm. say. There's two phases of perimenopause, right? There's phase one, which starts at age 35, which most women don't think about. And then there's mm-hmm. phase two that starts at 45. So most of us are probably in perimenopause. And so why are we why are we feeling more anxious?
1: For one thing, as a woman, you know our body goes through so many changes depending on what's going on. But with the perimenopause and menopause phases, it goes also, one of the things it goes back to is that gut-brain connection. You see, the healthy gut also does things like um, helps to uh, you know, work on vitamin levels in our body. It helps with um, hormones. It helps with sleep and circadian rhythm, which is our internal body clock. So when we think about it that way, we realize that when our body is in flux with hormonal changes going on and approaching menopause in that phase, that's going to offset the balance in the gut as well. And sometimes when we're feeling that way, we are craving foods that may not be the healthiest options for us. Those may drive inflammation. You know, the tendency is to reach out for foods to comfort ourselves. But unfortunately, those foods are very often discomfort for the brain. So I do see a lot of this in my practice around this age group. And I think it's about trying to step back and help us reset in a way and using lifestyle factors to reset. I mean, you may need to see a doctor for uh, medications, other forms of therapy, because depending on what you're going through, that could be important to address as well. But from a lifestyle perspective, you know, take the power into your own hands and do some things that can help you there too. Ah,
0: take the power into your own hands. I I don't think you understand how powerful that statement is, or maybe you do. <laughs> I understand how powerful that is.
1: I appreciate is. you uh, I, I appreciate you underlining it.
0: Yes, because I find that a lot of the women that I work with, they have spent so much time thinking about other people, about the kids, yes. about the husband, about their employees. You know, right. they put the they think
1: of themselves last. They think of themselves. Yeah, if
0: they are yeah. on the list, they are on the bottom At of the all. list. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And I feel like when we hit 40, it's almost like our body says, it's kind of like a lot of us, when we hit 40, we just, we're not willing to put up with the things maybe that we weren't willing to put up with when we were younger. And I feel like the body does that too. The body says, you know what? It's about time you figured this out because I'm tired (laughs) of compensating for you.
1: (laughs) <laughs> that's a great way to put it. I love I love that analogy, uh, but it's so true. You know, we we go through different phases, and as we mature in different ways, so does our body. You know, our body is also changing along with it. But that's where food can be so so very powerful because we can make choices really at every bite, at every meal. It's not about perfection. It's really about this being a marathon, not a sprint, about moving from, you know, maybe we've picked up an unhealthy uh, habit during the pandemic. It's about trying to adjust that to a healthier food that's also delicious.
0: Mm, So good. And I will say that I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, this is the the stage of life where we we need to be even more vigilant about what foods are good for us, what foods we might want to avoid that aren't great for us. And actually, in the end of each of these chapters. I love that you did this at the end of each chapter. You mm-hmm. gave a, a synopsis of these are the best foods for this condition, and these are the foods you might want to consider taking out because they're not helping this condition. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm using the right word for condition.
1: Um- <laughs> I know what you mean. It's So, for example, for mood disorders, these are the foods you really want to lean into, and these are the foods you want to step back from. And that is meant to give people almost a screenshot of, these are things I can do right now to to start my journey to improving my mood, or helping lower my anxiety, or really helping my focus, or whatever the condition might be.
0: And it may not be popular to talk about, but one of the the chapters that I love the most is a chapter where you mention libido and what yeah. how how we can support our bodies so that we don't lose you know that joyful experience that we want to have in our adulthood, right?
1: I, I Correct. And, and actually, surprisingly, I, it's one of the chapters I always get asked about. I think that it's, it's naturally something that we, we care about and are curious about. And the fact that food can play a role is not something that, um, you know, that we, we realize all the time. I think people are aware, aware of it, but not something we necessarily spend time thinking about.
0: Well, and I love, and I follow you on Instagram. I love the videos that you do, and I will say that you give so many great nuggets in your Instagram feed. So hopefully, I'll, I'll link to your Instagram later below Thank you. Um, because you know sometimes someone may not feel like they have time to sit down and read a whole book. I will mm-hmm. say I have not only the book that I've highlighted <laughs> to the extreme, but I also listen to it on audiobook because it's great when you're running around town or like, on a trip yeah. to absorb the information to get at least get it because there's so much in there that I think all of us can benefit from. Oh my gosh. So your next tip. So, so good. Listen to your gut for signs Mm -hmm. of an anxious gut. So you can effectively Mm -hmm. support it. And the thing I love about this tip, we're going to talk about what are those signs and how we can support it. But the thing Mm -hmm. I love about it is you're saying, listen to your gut. So many of us forget to listen to our gut. So tell me more about this tip.
1: I think that uh again you know the the gut is one of the very central mechanisms to all of this and very often um I'll hear my my clients talk about you know having an upset stomach having Um, symptoms that are that are related to their gut and they'll also at the same time be telling me about this increased stress at work an argument with their boss or you know a problem with one of the children um, you know an argument with a spouse whatever it is and they don't really realize that stress also directly affects our gut so research has shown that when we say have an argument with a spouse those gut microbes respond almost instantaneously. They start to evolve and change. So any perception of anxiety, worry, and stress impacts those microbes. And so listening to your gut is really about helping us remember that if we're feeling uncomfortable, we're feeling queasy, we're feeling nauseous, we feel you know um, like we, we have to run to the bathroom every five minutes because we're so uncomfortable. In other words, our, our, our body has kind of gone into overdrive due to this anxiety, it's then time to pay attention and try and trying to see, you know, do you need to pull out those, the, the breathing exercise? You know, how do we, how do we help stimulate that vagus? Now, what do we do to help calm ourselves down? And it becomes important because often people are reporting the symptoms. I'm sure you see this as well, but not connecting it to what, what might be going on.
0: Oh, that's so important because I feel like the symptoms are our body's warning lights. You know like on a car you get the warning light that oh your tire pressure is low or (laughs) you need oil to your oil change (laughs) and when we have these symptoms it's our body trying to get us to pay attention i mean for years when i was in corporate america i was stressed out beyond belief i would get these Mm. debilitating migraines and
1: i didn't understand yeah leave the job and the migraine disappears yeah
0: And so it was like my my body was begging me to do something. It was like, pay Mm -hmm. attention. And it took me a really long time, embarrassingly long time to make that connection, to realize what was going on. And interestingly, because I know you talk a lot about this in your book, one of the things that when I took out, I took out gluten and I stopped Mm -hmm. getting the migraines because you talk about inflammation a lot Mm -hmm. in your book. And that's a very inflammatory thing. I do.
1: It, it is inflammatory for a lot of people. And let me qualify that it's the type of gluten that we consume in the mm. United States in the forms of, because gluten is the main protein found in many breads that we eat. Um, but, but unfortunately, the way that it's uh, grown and the crops are developed in the United States are very different from other parts of the world. So, you know, I don't want people to be afraid of whole grains, which are important for our gut health. But some people cannot tolerate gluten, certainly the versions that we have in our store-bought bread here. And they need to be much more careful. And that's where I might have someone eliminate a certain food and watch for their symptoms or symptom relief. Um, so it's definitely something on the, on the to-be-watched list to see, to see if you feel better, uh, should you exclude that food.
0: Yes, and you do make a differentiation between celiac and non-celiac gluten sensitivity, which is Correct. really key. And those of us who have been under chronic stress can develop leaky gut, which is a whole nother conversation at which point right, the yeah. beard might be exacerbating. So <laughs> there's so much.
1: That's, that's right, that's right. That's a, very important to understand.
0: Yeah, so people, if you wanna know more, read the book. <laughs> so, or listen to it on audiobook because it's available both ways. And I actually really love the, the woman who read the audiobook. Of course, mm-hmm. the intro was by you, but I loved the woman yes. who read it, so. Yes. Um, I do wanna underscore one other thing that you mentioned when you talked about listening to your gut and the, the impact that stress can have. And I will say, I had a client um, who she was going through a divorce. She was changing her job. um, Mm -hmm. And she had just gotten her doctorate and she was so stressed out and she couldn't figure out why everything she ate was going right through her. Like she could not things that she would normally love and was not connecting it to the stress. How do you help your clients when they are just not quite making that connection is there anything that you do specifically other than just giving them the facts that can help really make that connection mm. for them so they can make the changes that they need?
1: Sometimes it's experiential. So sometimes as they're relating the story, it's about connecting the dots for them uh, mm. or asking questions that help them connect the dots, which is my preferred way. Um, but at the same time, sometimes it's breaking down the background signs for them so that they then start to understand this is what's going on. And, um, you know, the the moment they understand that, they also then understand the action step that needs to be taken. And I think that's very powerful.
0: Oh, science is speaking my language, I love it. (laughs) So, so good. Well, I know that we could spend hours and hours on this, and I am just absolutely thrilled (laughs) to get some of your very valuable time, because as we mentioned at the beginning, you do a lot of things. (laughs) You wear a lot of hats. So I am so grateful for you for showing up today and please let everyone know I'm going to put your the link here for your book and that will also be in your new book that's coming out this week that will also be in the show notes Thank you. but please for anyone who wants to follow you what is the best way
1: the best way to follow me is to look at my website umanaidu.md.com, sign up for my weekly newsletter and also follow me on um on social media and my handle is at d-r-u-m-a-n-a-i-d-o-o which is at Dr. Umanaidu. that's where you're referring to us always putting out information your research and stuff that you know just uh, gives it to you in sound bites for you to understand where you may not have time to read the full book in that moment you may have that as a reference at home but you can lean on us on social media
0: Yes. And you give great tips about easy food prep things. So for people who want to incorporate some of these tips, even if they've read the book or if they haven't, they want to incorporate some of these easy tips into their lives. You have these great resources right there on social media. So it makes it super fun and easy. So thank you so much for doing the work you do.
1: Thank you, Claudine. Thanks so much for inviting me and for supporting my book. I'm excited to share it with all of you.
0: I cannot wait. All right. I'm going to drop you in the green room, hang out, grab a mocktail. I'll be right back. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness, was that not absolutely amazing? I'm so excited that you got to experience Dr. Uma and I do. As she mentioned, we will be putting the links to her website and to her Instagram feed in the show notes. So, thank you so much for joining me today. And I want to remind you how are you going to create a healthy, delicious lifestyle for yourself today? Because you are important. And until then, join me for another episode of Healthy, Delicious Lifestyle with Claudine next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific or 11 a.m. Central and have a healthy, delicious lifestyle. Thank you for joining me today. You can learn more about me, my products, and services at ingoodcleantaste.com. Be sure to join me for another episode every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific or 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on my globally recognized show, Healthy Delicious Lifestyle with Claudine.
1: Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked?
0: Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. Trick-Ass.